This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are continuing our tech streak. Yes. I, I would say this is in the tech I'm realm. thinking, like, I keep saying we're in a mini episode because I think we're going to do, like, chunks of things. Yeah. But, yeah, we're definitely, for the bigger episodes, in tech with some splashes of things here and there. With some splashes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, like, that you put steak and now I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't, no joke, no one believes me about this. Speaking of technology, my spell check doesn't work. And you yes, know why I've right. explained yes. it to you. Yes. Um, because basically, I've got competing apps. I'm sure it's super easy to fix and I just don't do it. But I always forget and then I'll be going over and have the most embarrassing like typos <laughs> in our well, life. is a real word, so. Steak is a, a word. So I'll go I with meant it. to write tech-ish, streak. Tech-ish steak. A, a techish steak, which I think there has been a 3D printed steak. So, you know. I'm sure. Maybe I'm, our, I'm on, on another that. level. Yeah, you're ready. <laughs> the yes. AI level, maybe. Yes. Yes. Which is an episode we are working on as part of this tech mini series. So, listeners, if you have any thoughts on that, uh, images you want to send. It is <laughs> a very controversial thing right now. People it are is. love hating this thing extremely controversial. It actually came up, I had kind of a surprise hangout with my friends last night and they bought it up without me saying anything. And I was like, wow, if no offense to them, you're, <laughs> you probably know more about technology than me. But I was like, wow, if you're talking about the controversy of this, mm-hmm. oof, okay. Okay. Um, so for this episode, you can see we've done a couple episodes on traveling a while back. Bridget did one uh, about uh, women traveling alone. So if you want to check that out, I think that is related to this. And then I was thinking, uh, recently we released a classic wherein I did not really explain why I bought up Barbarian when I re-listened to the intro of it. <laughs> Barbarian, the movie. <laughs> I bought it up, and I think it's related to this conversation because <laughs> my landlord has recently kind of like just showed up without any warning at my apartment. And one time like tried to get in without like any me saying I was there or like come in. The door was locked so he didn't get in. Like he's a nice guy. I think it was an innocent thing. But it was one of those things that where the line in Barbarian, which as I explained, I think it was a work from home revisit, uh, is the woman, they both book, a woman and a man both book this Airbnb she says, like, if I had gotten here first, I would have never let you in. Because he kind of like, oh, no, come in and stay. And she's like, no, that would be 
ridiculous, like dangerous for me to do. And that's kind of what I thought with my landlord is like, you you don't, you live in a different world than I do. Right, <laughs> like right. You're not thinking about, to you, you're just like, I want to get in and do this. To me, I'm like, oh God, somebody's trying to get into my apartment. <laughs> right. I mean, there's so many horror tales anyway, and mm-hmm. Barbarian was one of them. And it, yes. it, of course, in in a horror movie, you expect the worst, so nothing panned yeah. out as you expect. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil it, but... So you are on edge at all times. And even mm-hmm. when one scene, she finds his wallet, takes a picture of his license and sends it yeah. to a friend. I'm like, yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's exactly what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. That's what we talk about in our, the differences between like women and men dating in a very heteronormative way is that kind of thing. Like you had friends once show up at the restaurant. Right. Like, make sure yes, you did. have these safety things in place. And... um one of the things, the reason I bought up Barbarian in that work from home episode uh, intro was because he kind of, my landlord kind of gave me this excuse, or not not excuse, but like he had the, the understanding that because I work from home, he can come anytime. Mm. Like he doesn't have to check, I'm going to be home. It doesn't matter if she's working, I can show up anytime, um, which is what we were talking about in that intro. So... That was something I I was I kind of had to be like I record like it has to be quiet you can't just show up you need to warn me <laughs> yeah what does he think because like many a times we when I think of work from home people talk about having meetings left and right and being on Zoom I know I'm like what does he think this is like I know and that I went over the out of my way to be like I record <laughs> it has to be quiet you cannot just come in also and it, you shouldn't just come in exactly also like I mean I do think it's different for women but in general you just shouldn't do that <laughs> right that seems like a violation in general I know a lot of leases say you have to give a 24 hour notice yeah I mean, which just makes sense. Like, the thing he was trying to fix, which is still not fixed, by the way, is my refrigerator. It's a whole drama, everybody. Oh, the drama of me in this refrigerator. And if, like, you know, ideally, I would know he's coming. He's going to try to fix this. I can move everything out of the refrigerator. I can take everything off because everything's cluttered in my apartment, as Samantha knows. But he just showed up and I told him he had to be done by a certain time. This is becoming a rant about my landlord. I don't mean to be. <laughs> um, but, and then he was kind of flummoxed when he was like, oh, I can't get this done in a lot of time. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what you said. Yeah. And I think I was talking to a friend of mine who uses Airbnb a lot last night, Marissa, who's been on the show. And that she said, like, generally her experience has been great. She loves it because she's a travel nurse, as right. she talked about. But the one time she bought something up was when a man who owned the property showed up and tried to get in. And she was like, thank God I was wearing pants and all this stuff. But that's sort of the thing is I think it's a different mindset. You don't just, you don't just pop in. <laughs> I feel like that shouldn't be. Why would, why, why? Just in general. Why? Like mm-hmm. many people, my father is one of those who also rents, but he would be like, you know, I'll give, let you know I'm coming tomorrow because what if they're not dressed? What if they're not decent? Like that's what, the, that's a common saying. I know. Then like, also, are you decent? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. And when my <laughs> landlord, when he showed up and he tried to get in, it was Halloween weekend. I was with a friend and it was like 11.30 in the morning and we were definitely not dressed. I mean, we were had pajamas on, right. but like, and I was just thinking, what? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like on a holiday weekend, which I consider Halloween holiday, <laughs> um, at, on Sunday, early on a Sunday for a couple of young women who I said somebody was staying with me that weekend, they're not going to be up and ready at 11.30. That's very, very optimistic. <laughs> Naive. Yeah, Ignorant. or just I don't know. out of touch. Yeah, um, but a lot of the issues we are discussing <laughs> are some of the things that have come up around Airbnb, and especially Airbnb with women, which we're going to be talking about. One of the big ones that we're going to dive into a little bit that Samantha knows we've discussed. I have learned how to look for hidden cameras. Surprisingly easy, actually. But that's one of those things where you're like, I can't believe I. I'm doing this. <laughs> this is the thought in my head. <laughs> right. But I have to even worry about this. Right. And there are, other than Barbarian, there have been a lot of horror movies about Airbnb, actually. I mean, rental in general, but specifically lately, Airbnb 
There's one called Superhost. There's another one called, like, The Resort. I don't know. There's more than one. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not good for their publicity. And it is strange. I remember the first time I used Airbnb, which I do like, generally. Um, I, I like the experience of it. It's got a lot of issues, but it is strange to sleep in somebody else's Potentially their home. Right. And like see their pictures and like yeah. use their stuff. Yeah. I think I've lucked out with most of my experiences. It's usually second homes or mm-hmm. uh, like a company. Now, I have mm-hmm. definitely say that that's happened a lot because I typically do full apartments or full homes instead of like shared. Shared always weirded me out. The room shared to me. I was like, so we have to hang out. That's... This introvert cannot handle, this anxious <laughs> introvert cannot handle sleeping in someone's house while they're there and just their right. room. That's especially not knowing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been like individual houses or apartments or whatever, whatnot. So I've lucked out that it's always been, it seems like older couples who have retired and have that second yeah. home or a different home or whatever. And they've been really cool about it. And because Airbnb is fairly new, and we're going to go into history. When Airbnb was fairly new, it was people trying to get their ratings up so you would get the good deal. So you might get a, right. like, I got a large house in Boston for cheap, mm-hmm. cheap. Um, and it mm-hmm. was like for five of us in mm-hmm. a room, in a house, and everybody had their own little rooms. Like it was yeah. fantastic and had like two baths, two or three baths, and a kitchen, and it was close to uh, the main area. So it was like amazing. But mm-hmm. I was her second. I believe, guests. And so mm-hmm. they were like trying to get those ratings up to be verified. And it was fantastic. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so, but then, you know, I've had some other stories, but, you know, it's an interesting concept when they rent out whole houses, but it's also one of those like, y'all are rich <laughs> to be able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely, I could do a whole podcast about interesting Airbnb experiences I've had. Some of them really good. One, one time I stayed in San Francisco, apartment was amazing. The guy was there. He turned out to be super cool, but we were sleeping in a room in his apartment. Like, he was there. And then one time I said, <laughs> this one I think was misleading. I would never, like, go out of my way to leave a bad review unless there was something real terrible. But I do think the posting was misleading because it was, like, a small room. It was in Boston in this older couple's house and it had like the loudest, clankiest radiator situation. Oh, no. <laughs> and like the bathroom door would entirely close. Oh, and, you no. know, those are those like older house kind of thing. I wasn't really mad about it, but it was, I don't think it was properly advertised. Right. <laughs> I definitely had a moment where, so former host Caroline and I would do a trip almost once a year um, going out and about. We decided to go to Nashville one year um, and we went and the advertising was standalone home, two bedroom, Mm -hmm. bathroom, all these things were like, cool, cool, cool in this neighborhood. Neighborhood was shady. We're like, but it's okay. You know, we Mm -hmm. get it. We pull up and the house was not a standalone house. It literally was this house where a college student was living and oh. this was how he was offsetting his uh, home by saying that it was an individual house because <laughs> the kitchen was shared, but he had like a gate between oh. the dining room and the kitchen to separate the two bedrooms and the one bathroom we shared, as if to say, there's oh a whole God. room. But what was so <laughs> odd on top of that was he was there for that night, mm-hmm. but another person was also staying on the couch. Wow. in this wide open space. And there was mm-hmm. a dog in a crate in this wide open <laughs> space. And we were like, what is happening? And wow. that home was so gross and dirty. But this, he said we were the last people to be staying. So he gave no Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. About the review. So we left in like the next morning. I think we stayed there one night and it was so creepy the way like yeah. it was going. The kid was up all night doing things. Mm-hmm. And we, it was, just because you have a gate, like a baby gate, yes, that doesn't right. make it soundproof. So we were like, no. what is happening? So mm-hmm. the next day we left and got a very fancy, like a, a nice hotel. But it kind of was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is where we have to be like, yeah, this is a complete lie. And they can't, Airbnb can't, won't do anything about it. They are probably one of the worst, to be honest, uh, to help and refund. That's what I've seen. Because um, they definitely didn't. If I remember correctly, they did not refund us for that. Right, 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 right. And they also make fun of that whole thing in uh, Barbarian. Yes. <laughs> like extra space, added room, whatever you can do.
This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As always, when we do these tech episodes, we're focusing specifically on Airbnb and its issues. It does have benefits. We're going to talk about some of those later. And it's also not the only like rental, temporary rental company that has these issues. But right. today, yes, we are talking <laughs> about Airbnb, um, which does have a fascinating history. Okay, so if you don't know, Airbnb is basically an online resource where renters can match with hosts to stay on their properties, and then both parties can rate and review each other. So sort of like a website where you can find places to rent that belong to other people that are generally not hotel owners or companies, but that is changing, as you said. We'll talk about that, too. It might be their vacation house, their home while they're away, or just a property they purchased solely for renting, like cabin renting, but not necessarily a cabin. And in fact, that's kind of what differentiated it at first was it's like not rural you can do it in cities specifically so it was everywhere like you could find you could find one potentially anywhere some of them are quite extravagant uh, some of them are themed with things like star wars i've had friends try to convince me like let's get a property and do a star wars themed one um some of them are literally closets which is go at the dj Khaled, i think <laughs> which his closet admittedly is probably bigger than my apartment right i mean that's but, <laughs> probably a giant space so yeah but it is a closet that he's renting out on airbnb they do they do a lot of promotions like that i think you could get the hocus pocus house for a minute yeah yeah they do a couple things like that some of the rentals are long term uh, but most of them are short term rentals and that was kind of the original intent there can be a lot of like hoa stuff around it um and where they can be more on that later too and they do there have been a lot of issues around gentrification bad host, secret cameras, and right now fees as uh, a big one. More on that later, too. Um, but it is also nice. When it works out, it's nice to stay in a place that has a living area, a kitchen space. Um, usually they're perhaps not in the, like, touristy part of town where all of the hotels are. Like, there's a nice part of that. There's also a dark side of that, but... Uh, hosts often leave advice about where, where to go. Um, and they'll even customize to whatever you're doing or interested in, or, or a lot of them will. Um, sometimes they leave snacks or drinks for you, especially like when I went to New Orleans, they left a bunch of like specific beers and snacks to New Orleans. It, it feels generally, I would say, more personal and of the place you're staying in than a hotel uh, does. But um, there can also be 
a matching element to it, I guess, where like you can you can really customize uh, what yeah. kind of stay you want. Yeah, and that took a minute because originally it was just stay here for this many days. Here's your fees. Mm-hmm. Um, they expanded to things like the themed uh, stays, and then yeah, they did customizations. Like I just saw one on TikTok, and I believe it was in Iceland where they. On Airbnb, they could book a tour with this one dude for a certain amount of money, and he would mm-hmm. take you on this giant trip for two days, and it was all through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. It wasn't necessarily the same booking. They did that outside of. Right. Yeah, that's true. I had I stayed with an Airbnb once where the the guy who's very nice who owned the property had a huge tour book, and he ran a tour company, and when it, he like plopped it down in front of me and it did like the cartoonish thud. It was like, all these stores I can take you on. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's break down the basic history of Airbnb. The story begins with Joe Gebbia and Brian Chesky. The pair had met at the Rhode Island School of Design and were rooming together in San Francisco in 2007. And at the time, they knew that a huge conference was coming to the city and people were struggling to find hotels, which is also mentioned in Barbarian. (laughs) Not a sponsor, but we did like it. And Gebbia sent Chesky this email. Brian, I thought of a way to make a few bucks, turning our place into, quote, designers bed and breakfast offering young designers who come into town a place to crash during the four-day event complete with wireless internet a small desk space sleeping mat and breakfast each morning ha (laughs) yeah indeed they thought that they could not only provide this space but they could also act as tour guides so to enact this plan they created the website airbedandbreakfast.com and I never realized this but the air is for air mattress (laughs) oh yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they went out and purchased three air mattresses. They set them up in their space and then voila, they got some hits. Their first guest, two men and a woman, paid $80 each for the air mattress and place to stay. One of the guests, a designer named Amal, said in 2012, being one of the first Airbnb guests feels like being on the Tonight Show, but I didn't know I was on the Tonight Show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh Realizing they were onto something, Gebbia and Chesky reached out to an old roommate of theirs named Nathan Blacharzik. And I hope I didn't completely butcher that. Um, it was not smooth sailing at first. They spent about four months working on essentially a roommate matching service before realizing that it already existed and was called roommates.com. So they pivoted back to their air bed and breakfast idea. Their second launch flew totally under the radar, uh, really didn't get much attention at all. And their third launch in 2008 at South by Southwest only garnered two customers, including Chesky. So one of them. Um, (laughs) But they were determined. So that same year, the creators went looking for investors. They'd redesigned to make a simpler experience that promised a lodging in three clicks. Out of 15 investors, eight rejected them, and seven completely ignored them. Uh, Still, this did not stop them, and they launched yet again at the 2008 Democratic National Convention in Denver because they knew hotel room shortages uh, worked to their benefit. However, they still weren't making money from the site, so (laughs) they took cereal boxes and made them into... Obama O's, Hope in Every Bowl, that's the catchphrase, and Captain McCain's that they were selling for $40. And it was fairly successful. The boxes included their company information. The whole thing earned them $30,000. So this was a side hustle. Yeah. Basically, they were like, buy these commemorative cereal boxes, and then their company information was in there. (laughs) I feel like that's so many... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's got to be, like, trademark violations. There seems somewhat <laughs> sketchy, but okay. You do you, bro. You make that money, I guess. Uh, so this gets uh, into complicated finance stuff that isn't really, yeah, our expertise. We've talked about this before. But essentially, mm-hmm. a venture capitalist was like, yes, I'll work with you. So in 2009, the creators participated in an accelerator that offers money and training, and they strove to really nail down the product and the experience they wanted it to offer. So even so, 
Many investors were skeptical, and one later admitted he never even looked past the name and the fact that the original model basically called for air mattresses on people's floors. So yeah, not too thought out. Yeah. Uh, but just to note, a lot of this happened during the Great Recession, uh, and people were eager for cheap travel. So it was it was a, a thing that people wanted, but yeah, the investors were like, mm. <laughs> yes, and for and for us who, when I was cheap traveling, it was six people in a yeah. not so great hotel room with two queen beds and yes, air mattresses. So yeah. we could do uh-huh. that instead for ninety nine dollars a night uh, or less. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so the founders stayed with the original host in New York, taking pictures and writing reviews. And in 2009, they shortened their name to Airbnb. Soon after, they secured $600,000 in seed money. One of the founders described this as going from eating cereal all the time to being ramen profitable. I'm wondering if it was the Obama O's or the McCain, <laughs> Captain McCain's. Yeah. Uh, so when the founder's apartment got too crowded with employees, one of them lived only in Airbnbs for several months. Mm-hmm. So that means he was sleeping on an air mattress the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, despite these troubles, Airbnb was in 89 countries by 2011. One million nights had been booked on their platform, and they won Breakout App of the Year at South by Southwest that year. Um on top of all that, they received over $112 million in investment, a Silicon Valley unicorn, which people have explained to me I still don't really understand, but sure. that came up a lot when I was researching this, so yeah, <laughs> sure. But with this fast growth came growing complaints from hosts about guests leaving their places trashed or receiving noise complaints from neighbors. On top of that, hosts started reporting being fined or evicted for putting their place on Airbnb, um, and that's thousands of dollars both of those things. Um, cities like New York started to threaten to ban all short-term rentals, including Airbnb, and several cities illegalized renting out a unit if you were there for less than 30 days. Um, even in San Francisco, where they got this idea, a citizen-led ballot sought to crack down on Airbnb in 2015. The company spent $8 million to fight that. Um, they also promised to collect, quote, community compact reports and started collecting and uh, remitting hotel taxes in some cities. In 2016, Elizabeth Warren called for Airbnb to be investigated for its role in short-term housing shortages. So all that's not good. And to combat this, they did another redesign in 2014, but it didn't go quite like they would have liked. I never realized this. I never... This didn't come on my radar, but many people mocked and criticized the new logo as looking like genitalia. Yeah, I'm trying to remember... It's like a it? a bubbly. A, it's there's there's still their logo. <laughs> um, I don't think I it see does. It. Do I you? see okay. it, but I'm not. I it wouldn't be the first thing I would have. I don't know. Maybe I'm when, too naive. When someone like, pointed it out, I was like, oh okay. <laughs> but before that, I was like, oh, yeah, just looks like an A to me. <laughs> it got your attention. Yeah. Uh, so this company is quite lucrative. We all know them. Yes, mm-hmm. and it has been a big conversation about rental sor- shortage as well as a housing crisis. So yep. it's a whole different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it can earn hosts a lot of money. Uh, Airbnb was worth about $31 billion as of 2020. Um, this is more than Hilton and Wyndham combined. However, they obviously took a big hit during the pandemic as travel slowed and by some accounts lost up to 80% of their business. Wow. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The pandemic did see a real jump of women uh, using Airbnb or, or being hosts on Airbnb, in part because they were being forced out of jobs due to various COVID-related reasons, which disproportionately impacted women. We've talked about that a lot. In 2020, 20% more women joined the platform than men. 56% of hosts identify as women, and in the U.S., that number is 59%. Women hosts new to the platform raked in $1.1 billion that year, over $550 million of that from the U.S. Some of these numbers, I'm like, I'm not sure we're getting the whole picture here, but okay. <laughs> In 2021, women made more than $12 billion on Airbnb. Uh, still, a recent study found that women on average earn a quarter less than their male counterparts on Airbnb. Are we talking about hosts or are we talking about employees? Hosts. Okay. Hosts, <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, women do generally receive higher reviews compared to men. 60% of super host, which is, you know, like the best rated and most consistent host, they have a badge, are women, which coincides with, I think, societal expectations around host and our service industry in general and women's role in that. And indeed, while these numbers have gone up for Airbnb, women have generally made up the majority of hosts on the platform. Some stats suggest that they make up a majority of renters as well. Hmm. Is it because they're the ones in charge of planning, so it's in their name? It could be. You're right. I think that's a big part of it. It could be. Um, I know we, we've used Airbnb for work a lot, and I'm always the one that is in charge of booking them. Not that that necessarily says anything, but yeah, that's a good point. The global head of Airbnb hosting, Catherine Powell, claims that the trend she sees is more women become hosts during times of transition, where that's, you know, maybe you lost your job or you're moving in between jobs or something like that. That's when uh, more women become hosts. Um, and speaking of, this brings us to, so this is our history bit, but we, we did want to talk about some of the issues here and specifically with women. And I think going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, there's just a whole difference in safety concerns uh, for men and women when it comes to traveling at all, but when it comes to staying in an Airbnb. And I know you and I have talked about this, like sometimes, all the time, I try to find information about the host. Yes. I try to like go and see, uh, okay, are they kind of like right-leaning? Are they left-leaning? Like I try to find information. Yeah. Um, so that I don't get there and feel, like, totally unsafe or uncomfortable the whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, we, even when we did, uh, you and I went to a cabin. I told you mm -hmm. I went through everything trying to figure out everything because I didn't want to support mm -hmm. anyone who was bigoted or uh, racist, and I didn't want to feel unsafe. I didn't want the neighborhood to be unsafe. Again, I'm a right. woman of color for uh, going into, like, country settings or uh, 
role settings, I'm like, yeah, I have to be really, really cautious because I don't mm-hmm. want to be uncomfortable for any reason, especially just being who I am. Um, and I'm making a lot of gestures, <laughs> listeners. Yep. Because that mm-hmm. is something that I have to think about constantly. And well, that's one of the things that had a big complaint in Airbnb. I'm sure we're going to talk about it, that uh, a lot of hosts were racist and therefore may change their mind after seeing a person yep. um, and taking back the reservations and or any of that, canceling them and finding excuses to keep the money, which is right. very, very concerning in itself. But yeah, like that's become a thing. It's like, I have to research you. I have to look at mm-hmm. every single review. And if it looks any, it's suspicious. And if there's only two reviews, I'm less likely to go. Yeah, which sucks. Because, I mean, I'm totally Good. with you. But it's one of those things where you're like, the host trying to get more reviews. Right. <laughs> but like, no one's coming because you don't have the reviews. Right. And way back when, I don't think I would have thought about it as much as I right. do today. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the things you're talking about, like those aren't, uh, only Airbnb things. Because I was no. thinking about, you know, like motels or hostels especially. I saw some people will say like, you know, at least at a hotel, I got a pretty generic experience. Like maybe I don't like the owner, but I'm not going to have to interact with them or right. their whole thing. But it is like just a, a fact of life uh, as women, as marginalized folks, this is a, a thing we have to worry about. Um, and it, it is, we're going to talk about some of where it's gone pretty wrong recently but it's like it sucks because you know if you're you're going on a vacation you're very excited about it and to show up and not feel safe or to have your reservation canceled and it become a whole thing like that's right <sighs> heavy sigh okay so i found this really interesting lots of women host and guest have expressed a desire to work only with women um either way uh, but that is currently only allowed if there's a shared living space But I did want to share some of the comments to show you how this conversation is playing out. Because basically a host had asked, hey, I'm curious, is this an option I can do on a forum? And here are some of the responses. Okay. I don't know. I'm a guy. Can I just rent to women? Sounds creepy, doesn't it? Doesn't matter your gender. You're fundamentally being sexist because you've predetermined that there are cons to renting to men. I don't fault you for it. The world is a disastrous place that can be fickle and terrifying at times. My suggestion, delete this post, post the listing, deny all male applicants with a fabricated, legitimate-sounding reason, rent to women only. Problem solved. Don't be some weird-ass person baiting people into your spy cam-infested contraption. If you do, let it be known that someone eventually will bludgeon you when you're caught, hypothetically, of course. Right. Wow. Interesting. I would mm-hmm. say, I think it's be odd if it was like women only. And yeah, like, it'd be like yeah. why? Because I have a partner, I, you know, like in a relationship, I don't understand what's going on. Um, that would be odd. But as a woman, yeah, I'm looking more at women being, I, I don't know, I don't, maybe I haven't. I'm look, thinking about it, but typically it's always been couples and mm-hmm. or, again, like it's become more an organization that's that's doing it, a company. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess that's better. <laughs> well, I know, I think Uber and Lyft have the like women. They don't. Own, they don't, but they talked about it. They People have been begging for it. Yeah. Which I get. I had a very informative conversation yeah. with a driver once. And I was like, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Another episode that we should probably do about ride chairs. Well, we have a classic coming back, but yeah, we should revisit. Yes, because <laughs> yes, it's gotten sketchier. Mm-hmm. And here's another one. You will be severely limiting your guest pool if you do this. And 90% of male guests turn out to be easier to host than female guests. They respect privacy and are less critical and demanding. However, having said that, there are some males on the earth who fail to respect the rights of women, and sadly, that reflects on all of us men. If it puts doubts in your mind, set a few visible boundaries, and if you do, the gender issue will never happen. That seems really optimistic and ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> I love the, they respect privacy and are less critical and demanding. <laughs> I mean, statistically, women are less likely to complain or send things back. Typically. Typically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here is one last quote. Uh, Yes, you can if the living spaces are shared. And I understand why you'd want to just to ease your mind about being physically safe when you're renting to people you don't know. There are plenty of Airbnb choices for men if you choose to rent to women. 
So you can, and it's totally fine. I love staying at places that are female only so that I don't have to worry about the anxiety of being physically afraid. Men who have a problem with this feel personally rejected because they don't understand or appreciate the reality of the degree to which women feel physically afraid of men every day. I understand, and it's fine. So I wanted to read the because this comment thread was very, very many pages long. This was, These were the first three comments. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like a more nuanced conversation to be had about the benefits and negatives of this. But it was the first two from men that was very much like... Right. It was very obvious. <laughs> Without you telling me, I knew mm-hmm. it was men. Yes. <laughs> yes. That made these complaints. Yep. So I just thought that was interesting. And then there have been a few stories of hidden cameras in Airbnbs, but it is worth mentioning that many have been debunked, weren't actually true. Um, Any amount of hidden cameras is not good. Uh, But just saying, do your research. Uh, They're actually fairly easy to search for, as I said. I think it gets more complicated when something is cluttered like my apartment, Um, but generally. Uh, There have been uh, stories of abuse, of hosts dying while someone... (laughs) People have been there, which is horrifying. Um, I did find an article all about, like, how to make your rental more women-friendly. And it was um, pretty fear-mongery and sexist. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And women have shared stories of sexual assaults surrounding Airbnbs. In 2021, an alleged rape that took place in a New York Airbnb, the person received a $7 million uh, settlement that was secret. Um, As part of the settlement, she was forbidden from going public with her story. In 2017, a woman from New Mexico alleged sexual assault from a super host on their property. In particular, black women have raised their hands about sexual misconduct they've witnessed or experienced. In 2020, the hashtag Airbnb while black started trending after a video showed a white host shoving a black South African woman uh, that was staying at her property down the stairs in Amsterdam. Um, It was a dispute about late checkout, and a lot of racist phrases were used. Um, People with black-sounding names have been disproportionately rejected from Airbnbs, a recent study found. And on a similar note, one Trump-supporting host had to pay a $5,000 fine and take an Asian-American studies class after refusing to rent to an Asian-American guest. So, not good. Also not good, uh, queer guests have raised issues uh, because, yeah, for queer people, traveling can be risky. You can look at what's going on in the World Cup. Um, Queer couples have been kicked out by hosts expecting a straight couple One uh, reported having their reservation canceled and then getting the message, no LGBT people, please. I do not support people who are against humanity. In response to that, a company called Mr. B&B got started in 2013 with over 300,000 gay-friendly hosts in 100 countries. That is one. I think there's a couple of companies that did that. Um, And this is one of those things that I get but annoys me. (laughs) It annoys me that it's a thing, but I do get it. Because it provides some sense of comfort and security and even awareness because of the reality we live in. But I hate that it is a thing. When someone posted in an Airbnb forum about adding an LGBTQ plus friendly status, the first comment was, from a man, completely unnecessary. If you want to be treated like everyone else, stop acting like you're different than everyone else. As hosts, many of us have a legal responsibility to treat everyone the same. Remember, money has no feelings. Hmm. I like that, <laughs> even though there's many reports of people being rejected. Okay. 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 Uh, a second comment from a man. Uh, As hosts, we can make sure that we treat you equal in giving guests the same amount of towels, coffee, tea, etc. Why the hell would we want to know someone's gender, orientation, etc., or even want to pander to that? I would be very suspicious of those that are interested in what private things I may prefer. This notion reminds me of how far in the gutter the world has gotten. People do not want to feel equal. They want to feel special, totally different. Most of the time, I get uh, the sense that when people are actually being treated equal, they realize it isn't all it's cracked up to be and really just want to be favored instead because being treated, quote, equal is being treated as standard, says the dude who's never been (laughs) harassed or uh, probably stalked and or uh, yelled at 
or mm-hmm. rejected. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> Being equal isn't all it's cracked up to be. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. You're going to be treated like me, a white man who gets paid fine and doesn't have to worry about their safety? That would be lovely. <laughs> that would be lovely. Uh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, The next two comments were from women, and they were actually helpful in my opinion. One said, some gay friends have remarked that they don't use Airbnb without a recommendation because they or their friends have been embarrassed in the past when their host claimed to have double booked when they learned they would be hosting a gay couple. I now have a stated non-discrimination policy in my listing. Um, Another man said, I still look on this LGBTQ plus thing as a fashion. Discrimination is still alive around the world and maybe will always be. Ten years ago, there was not even the word LBGT here. <laughs> um, there was many gays, lesbians, etc. around, but no one was paying attention on them. And I'm pretty sure that ten years ago, there was less discrimination against these people than today. They were also hmm. in the closet, so... <laughs> Okay. A fashion, all right. This, by the way, was not one of the helpful comments I was mentioning, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> um... Here's another one. Most definitely not. If an LGBT person is of the temperament that he or she wishes or only feels comfortable surrounding themselves with LGBT hosts, then there are platforms out there that cater for them. To have your sexuality described on your host profile actually would, I believe, discriminate against non-LGBT hosts. In this day and age, it really should not be an issue. I am talking from experience here as a gay man who has hosted on Airbnb for three years. I also briefly listed my property on a specialist gay platform. It was a disaster with guests expecting much more than a room and bathroom for the night. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. I feel like this kind of fear-mongering thing at the end, we've seen a lot, especially for targeted against transgender people, of this sort of like deviant, perverted, 
sexual being, um, which is gross and wrong. Also, like, oh, I get, oh, (laughs) I'm trying to, like, find the, like, point here, but I can see the argument that, you know, this could backfire in some ways for hosts. But also, like, this is not the argument you wanted to make. Right. <laughs> this whole level of, like, they have rights. They need to be quiet. Why do they want to be special? It is obviously yeah. very, very homophobic. Like, it's everything to do with your discrimination and feeling like you may lose to the status quo. Like, that's right. obviously what's happening with this conversation mm-hmm. and being like, I'm gay. I don't do this. It's, it's, mm. Right. I think it's the same thing when, like, when I wear the future is female, I have a future is female hat. And every, I swear to God, every time I wear it, w- at least one man tells me, I want to live in a future where we don't even need to say that. And I'm right. like, y- you know what? I do too. But the truth is, yes, <laughs> we don't. You, we did live in a, in a moment where you thought you didn't have to say it, but you should have because that's what made it bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's kind of that same thing of like, I get, I, I would also love to live in a world where we don't need to think about you know, putting LGBTQ-friendly, like, host status on there. But we don't live in that world. Right. We would love to be treated equally and not have to worry about our safety once again and that mm-hmm. we are going to be respected as humans. Yep. That would be lovely. Also, really would. we would love to get to there. But until that happens and we see people stop being murdered for yeah. their orientation or their sex, then we'll talk about it. Yeah. I it is we've talked about this a lot because it is a it's a frustrating and problematic thing because we were talking about that in self-defense. Like the reality is women do face more danger, but then you're selling self-defense. Right. Like making money off of it. I get it's it's complicated, but it's also like we have to not self-defense necessarily, but this, we have to think about the reality of the world right. we live in. Having a guarantee that you are actually going to have that space uh, mm-hmm. when, and not show up and be like, oh, you're not yeah. what I thought you were. Let me reject you. Mm-hmm. That's different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's also been some... Uh, some issues around ableism. In 2022, a disabled Airbnb host went viral on TikTok after she shared the story of how guests demanded a refund because they didn't like her accessible doorbell. The allegations are really terrible. Like, um, she should have warned them in case they caught her disability from her. Uh, She uploaded the videos to get Airbnb's attention because like you said, they're not great about... Because the people continue to stay... Uh, and then wanted a refund, refund from this right. host. Right. Um, and she was obviously like, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> and not Airbnb, Yeah, was not being helpful. So she did it on uh, TikTok. I think it's ongoing. And then, yeah, like this is probably, it's more, it's denser than what we have for this podcast. But there's huge issues around gentrification and Airbnb. Um, it causes a lot of problems in neighborhoods. It inflates housing prices. In fact, that Airbnb I mentioned that I stayed at in New Orleans across the street uh, was a sign. People had signs in their windows like no Airbnb. Right. Um, yeah, in the state of Georgia, they put in a new law that you can only have two. And one of them you has to be your home mm-hmm. because it had gotten so outrageous. And I know uh, a couple of the companies that I didn't realize was a company until like I would look through and they would have six listings under right. one person. This is their business. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking about the fact that, yeah, there's a huge housing crisis right now uh, with the inflation happening. So therefore, the mortgage rates going up. Of course, we're not talking about corporations who've also bought giant companies. And, and we're not talking about individuals who are trying to make extra money like there's mm-hmm. a variation of like okay this this is one way the, the freedom to do what you want with your own space but when mm-hmm. you have corporations that literally just profit off of short-term um, rentals in as in opposing to actually having people who live there need need to be there and have space there because that's where they live um mm-hmm. and they're, they're not available it turns really ugly really quick yeah yeah and i think that's one of the things I took away from this is that I am 100% think Airbnb needs to be more regulated. I don't think it the intent was that companies would buy up things and, right. and people would buy all these properties and rent them. I, I think the original intent was, yeah, it's it's your place and you're renting out a space in it. Right. Maybe you're there, I mean, maybe you're not. 
I think it was early on with when couch surfing, like there was a oh, site yeah. that you could yeah. just crash on people's couches. It was kind of along that line of just being able to afford to travel uh, individually and and mm-hmm. and with the idea that people are honest, good people, and you can meet new people this way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that has gone so far away from that to being such a profit machine, billions of dollars worth, right? And then that's not including, <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, the cost of fees alone that yeah. come out of your pocket. It's usually, it's several hundred dollars on top of the fees you're already paying off, mm-hmm. often at the same time that you're told you have to partially clean before you leave. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's quite hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think there's, you know, being a responsible traveler is a bigger conversation too that we've talked about on here but like you know if, if we're all kind of getting priced out like we can't afford the hotel so we get the airbnb right and then we're coming in we the general royal we coming in and not supporting the neighborhood that we're staying in right and then it it gentrifies it's it's, yes. it's a real problem <laughs> and oftentimes like that you had said earlier <laughs> People see this as like a kind of a rental car thing. Do what mm-hmm. you want and leave and yeah. uh, try to get away with like doing the most absurd things like the parties that I've heard. Yep. Like there was this one tweet that I just read. Apparently he had a sex party and <gasps> there was substances everywhere Whoa. and super glue was involved. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, the, oh, and the Airbnb owner was really nice about it. Be like, hey, we agreed to this. You got this much damage. I will settle for 300 which apparently was like yeah. probably thousands of dollars worth. Oh. <laughs> but like, he was, so he did a GoFundMe to raise money for that. But oh, wow. like, to do that, it seems so disrespectful as well. So you kind of wonder. And then for neighbors to have to deal with like, mm-hmm. these parties. Yep. There was one dude that was a scammer, apparently, mm-hmm. um, who wanted to pretend like he was a restaurateur. And all he mm. did was go around Airbnbs and host events, but make money off of that Airbnb wow. hosting mm-hmm. events. Yeah. So that's some shady stuff. Yeah. I've definitely gotten a host, which I was not offended by, but they were like, what? Like, well, why are you what coming your here? What's your, what, yeah, exactly. What's your deal? I just want to make sure. Like, hey, I got you. Um, and yeah, there have been, as you were mentioning, a lot of recent headlines about fines, about basically, you know, if you stay a place, they you pretty much have to clean the whole thing. And then the fines and fees are so large. People are not not happy with it, understandably. I do think there's perhaps a more nuanced conversation to be had there because I'm not entirely sure what the... I don't know. I'd be curious to learn more more about that and the expectations right. on the I host do know side as well. Airbnb has redone those fees, so it's not supposed to be that significantly higher. Like at one point, mm-hmm. I remember looking that I would look at something and it'd be like, "It's one hundred and fifty dollars a night." I'm like, "Okay, cool," and then be like, "Wait, there's four hundred dollars on top of that. What's happening?" Right. That changed the mm-hmm. price completely. Right. To being three hundred dollars, you know, two hundred fifty dollars a night, which has to happened. Not affordable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so apparently, there has been a conversation that they are changing those policies and changing that amount. But I haven't heard how yeah. significantly different it is. So yeah, yeah. Um, and they they have had a lot of bad publicity lately. Like no joke, uh, the horror movies and then all the like headlines have been going on. Have then not been Peloton, good. just having sad bad <laughs> year. <laughs> Peloton should just give up. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but they are trying to fix it. They are the things are moving. I bet we'll revisit this in the future. Um, and as mentioned, they're like with your sex party super glue host, which I'm still struggling to figure out. Uh, I don't it understand. is. It really is hard, from what I understand, to get refunds from Airbnb. Uh, as a host, as a guest. So mm-hmm. we'll it's see about that. Difficult. It's very, very hard. Uh, that was when we were talking about earlier, the original complaints were from hosts were like, they had a huge rager. This caused all this damage and Airbnb is not going to do anything right. about it. I have to pay for right. it. It does have some benefits. As I said, I do, I've liked it. I know it has huge problems and I, I really do try to be responsible, but I do like it. <sighs> Uh, Marissa, as I said, she has had really great experiences as a travel nurse where she's in an area for a little bit longer, wants it to be more personalized than just a hotel, perhaps. She's somebody, we clearly are not necessarily these people, but she's somebody who, like, talks to the host and becomes friends with them and, right. like, 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. Um. <laughs> I think we're pretty obvious about it. I've yeah. had good experiences with hosts, but yeah, yeah generally, you were I'm talking kind of like, about New Orleans. Like I had the best trip; they were great. As in fact, like they were right next to us, so the way they mm-hmm. had it, um, it was like their parents' home or something, and so they left that as an Airbnb. They lived right next to it. They're mm-hmm. accessible. They're very kind. They left us gumbo. Uh, oh, nice. Like, it was amazing, and the location uh-huh. was perfect because it went to what was my favorite beignet place, The Last Call, which was in the park right mm-hmm. outside of uh, mm-hmm. the French Quarter. So it was, like, wonderful, and mm-hmm. they were very lovely, and they gave me a positive review. I gave them a positive review. I didn't realize till much later that we get reviews as people who stay there. Yes. Uh-huh. That shocked me. Uber, too, <laughs> apparently. Um, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, like, we've had great reviews and I still look at it now because, like you said, there's something to that home feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I do love a good hotel, but having a kitchen accessible, so in the mornings to actually yeah. have your own coffee, to bring your own uh, supplies mm-hmm. and have a nice refrigerator. And if you want to save money, try and cook, especially yeah. for an extended stay, it's better. Like, I have a friend right now who was staying at a hotel because her condo is being redone because of mold issues. It's taking mm-hmm. months. So for her to stay in a hotel for a month would be miserable. She works from home. So mm-hmm. she moved to an Airbnb, lovely condo. And she's like, I have open space and I have, mm-hmm. it feels like a home as opposed right. to just, you know. So there's there's definitely a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think also when you're going with like, not just your significant other, for instance, like it's nice to not like, you don't have two hotel rooms and you have to come and I don't, right. I don't know. It's nice to have that like shared living space where you can hang out. Right. I, I think... Just as with all these other tech episodes we've done, I think it fills a need. And I think when done in good faith is wonderful, but it needs more regulation and there's a lot of bad actors in the field. (laughs) Right. And just like many things in tech and many things when it's a startup, they don't consider the marginalized community. They Mm -hmm. just come from it with a like heteronormative, uh, cis male, white male point of view and move on with it. Because we know Mm -hmm. we've had incidents where uh, black renters or Airbnb renters have been accused of breaking in and, and doing all yeah. these things and not and been racially profiled many mm-hmm. a times when it's supposed to be an Airbnb. So there's so, yeah. so many things that need to be yeah. done. These are good ideas that went completely awry. Capitalism happened and yeah. it was done in a perspective that they were like, oh, we're all white people. We're all white men who feel safe. Yeah, let's do this. Right. Right. Nobody discriminates against me, so I guess nobody they, discriminates. No one gets discriminated. It's, it's not, it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> I've uh. never seen it. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say Airbnb does have, they have anti-discrimination policies. They've updated them several times, but clearly there's still a lot of work to be done. That, that's another thing is like people will report, you know, bad hosts or whatever, and maybe nothing comes of it. Right. Like, so that's also an issue, uh, uh, too. So I, we'll see. It's one of those things where you can't remove the, like, sexism, racism, homophobia from our society. So it's embedded into right. this whole thing. But I, I do think it can be improved. Um, and I hope so. So I'm sure we'll, we'll check up on that. Uh, we do have some tips, but they're mostly common sense. We've kind of said a lot of them. I look up hosts on multiple sites. Um, on the web, uh, read the reviews, research the area, familiarize yourself with the platform and its tools for reporting anything. Um, and yeah, just, I would say, yeah, research the area and be sure you're... Take pictures. <laughs> take pictures. Yeah, record. I'm very paranoid. I record everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I took so many pictures. I'm like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. It's time yes. stamped. You absolutely did. You're right. Uh, yeah, do that if you don't want to be worried about being charged about anything. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we would love to hear from listeners any of your experiences with Airbnb or just traveling uh, in general. You can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. You're the best. Yes, you are. And thanks to all of you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This 
episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.